everyone to MCU Rewatch, your path to Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and this episode we are talking about Captain America Civil War. And joining me, first up as always, Paris Lilly. Paris, what's up, man? You know, I had to revise my top three because I had Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and then Civil War. Civil War is number two, and it's really fighting for the top spot after rewatching, <laughs> I have to say it. It is so good, right? And that's the crazy thing about us rewatching these movies right now is like they just are constantly going up and down our list nonstop. And the second man who joins us here every week or every episode, Swain. Swain, what's up, man? Uh, petition to make sure Chris Evans doesn't die in Endgame <laughs> so that we can have another Captain America movie. I need a Captain America trilogy. This is not a Captain America movie. Wow. We're already going to talk about that. You already want yeah. to go there, right in the top that's, of the show. I mean, that's that's the that's the focus, right? Wow. I do have a summary of the movie. But, okay, give us a summary. Uh, two ninety-year-old men blow up airport. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. Uh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, what's up, everybody here? Thank you here for tuning in to this episode. Of course, like I said, we are talking about Captain America: Civil War. And let's start right there, because Swain brought it up. You know, we're, we're assuming everybody tuning in, you all have obviously seen the movie, so we're not going to go into uh, kind of the, the plot per se as we go through. But Swain, why do you say, well, not why do you say this is not a Captain so, America movie, but it, what's, if, what's the defense here? What, what's the argument? The movie feels like, know how all of our conversations leading up to this have been like, in single movies, it's like, wait. What about the rest of the Avengers? Like, what? Like, right. why is this a single person movie? Especially like Winter Soldier was like, where's Iron Man? Like, can he show up and like kind of, you know, shortcut this movie a little bit? But I feel like they heard all of that feedback and they were like, oh, okay, you want more superheroes in your Captain America film, and then they put all of them. They just threw them in all your in. Captain America. <laughs> so it basically ends up being an Avengers film at that point, but due to probably the cadence of the releases and like Ultron having just come out, they can't just be like back to back Avengers films, right? Can they do that? I think well, they're, 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 they're doing they're, it right they're now. About, yeah, they're about to do it right <laughs> yeah. now. And, and I think everybody would be fine with it, right? I don't think we, any of us would be arguing if they sure. were to do that. But uh, yeah, but but you know, I think this is almost like the culmination. Of every movie before it, which, you know, like, you know, the next episode, we're going to talk about Doctor Strange. That movie seems so far removed from so much of the MCU going into it, where this movie is like, yeah, we know you've seen everything that, that's happened. We know all of these characters. So it almost just makes sense for them to be in it. And really going with the Civil War story, you have to have them all in it, right? There is no way you can have a Civil War movie and not have all these heroes. Uh, but I definitely get the point, though, of, of is it a Captain America movie? Eh, but it does definitely focus a lot on Captain America, or at least deliver a lot of it from his perspective, right? Now, I, I agree. Now, I'm, I'm going to counter. I actually agree with you, Swain, but I'm going to play devil's advocate and counter <laughs> what you said and go, this is a Captain America movie, and I'm going to be the nerd that I am and do a little trivia. I don't know if you remember... Before this movie came out, there was like, I remember it was in Variety. It was like made a big deal out of it. Originally, Robert Downey Jr. was only going to have a cameo in this movie. He wow. was not going to have the role that that he had. And Kevin Feige, I believe it was, he went to the head of Marvel or he went to the head of Disney. It was one of the two and had to okay the budget to actually pay Robert Downey Jr. 
to be a co-star in this movie because obviously he's the highest paid of, of all the actors there. So they paid a boatload to get him in. It was like a big deal that Robert Downey Jr. extends his deal da, 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 to be in Civil War. Iron Man's going to be there and the whole thing. And, and I bring that up because this is a Captain America movie. Captain America is the hero of this movie. And Tony Stark is the villain. If, if you really think about it, he's the actual villain of this movie, it, the way that it plays out, because he's the one that forces the, the, the Sokovia Accords and then obviously the big blowout that they have at the end. He is the bad guy by the end of the movie, which, again, is what makes it so brilliant that they took arguably our most beloved hero in the MCU and made him the opposition. I thought it was fantastic. They do a great job of making Tony muck everything up. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they really do. They really, really yeah. do. Well, you know, I think that's what a lot of this movie, and well, it seems like many of, of the movies that Tony's in here ever since, uh, what, the second Iron Man, is really just him trying to clean up his messes. And, and this one really was just, again, him just saying, like, I, we're signing this. He's basically saying we have to sign this because of everything that we've done before, especially when it's all thrown in his face. Right after the barf presentation, and the mom from you know the the killed uh, person from Sokovia comes up to him and says, "This is my son. This is what happened." And then you know us as the audience, it's all put in front of our face when we see Ross show all the video footage of all these movies, you know, and all mm-hmm. these just epic fight scenes and you see the aftermath and we heard a little bit about you know these rumblings. I remember the last few episodes kind of talking about that like, wow, this is what we're starting to see kind of the violence that their battles do, but this is where it's just fully on display. And if you were in that room, you know, or if I was in that room, like I would almost have to say, you know what? Maybe we do need to take a step back and and do something. Now, you know, when you look at, at it from Captain America's perspective, obviously he's looking at it saying, you know, a couple things. One, it's taking away our control. And if we want to go somewhere and they don't allow us, you know, that's going to be a problem. Plus, he's very concerned about Hydra potentially infiltrating. Is it the United Nations that it is? Or, or is that, they're the ones doing the Sokovia Accords, right? The, is it the United mm-hmm. Nations that he's yeah, concerned of like Nation. Hydra or some other group getting in just like they did in the shield and then basically having control over the Avengers? I mean, ultimately, that is something that could happen. Um, but, you know, sitting in that room, there's got to be something, right, that needs to be done, I would think. Just over. Yeah, because. Because, I mean, that. part of it is the movie actually opens. I, well, first, it opens with Bucky, which was great. But right. it opens with the Avengers, you know, taking care of an issue in Africa and Scarlet Witch basically saving yeah. Captain America from crossbones causes the accident, which kills a bunch of people, which just so happened to be Wakandans, which is what started the United Nations. Like, you know what? We got to do these accords. This is it. We can't have the Avengers running around unchecked. And and I'll just say this. I'm definitely Team Iron Man when when I when I watch this movie. I actually, yes, Tony caused a lot of this and he actually owns it in the one scene where in Germany where he's talking to Cap trying to get yeah. him to sign it. Yep. But the overall thing is they can't continue to run around unchecked and you have all this mass destruction in their wake uh, and they get to drive off into the sunset a- every time. There's a great line by Ross that's like, if I lost two like megaton yeah. nuclear warheads, you know I would be on the chopping yeah. block. You just lost the Hulk, and you Thorn, don't know where Thor is. Yeah, Thor, Thor and yep. Banner. Yep. So, 
Yeah. It makes sense. Makes sense that they would be worried about like, you know, dis- like disappearing or even like the government just being the same way. Like they saw what happened with Hydra. Like who knows what could happen. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, the- Paris, when they're they're having that conversation in Germany, is that's when Cap is very close to signing. Close. Like he's ready to go, but then mm-hmm. when he finds yeah. out that Scarlet Witch is basically what held captive in a cage, essentially. That's when he's like, "No, I'm not going to do I this wanna, because yeah. that's the problem. Like they're gonna they're gonna trap I us see, essentially and control." I want to see if the Sokovia Accords has any lasting effect through Endgame and after that, because it signed before. Like it right. happens before, and obviously, like Cap and all them are on the run before, but like. Depends on what happens in Endgame. If if no one remembers what happens in Endgame, then yeah, they right. don't yeah. remember that they saved the world. Or it's the other way around. They're like, "Oh, you saved the world again." Fine. We'll we'll yeah. kind of let it go. Yeah, but. agreed. There, there's actually to, going back when they're at Avengers Tower initially when Ross is talking to them. This is like shortly after that. There's a great cinematic shot of you have Cap sitting in a chair reading the accords and in the background you, see him you have falcon him. you have falcon and war machine debating each side so yep. it was kind of that parallel of he's in the middle not knowing which way to go and they run each side saying well i'm right no i'm right and going back and forth great great little subtle scene there right there but it was really good if you go back and, and see that because he is conflicted like you said he sees tony's point of view but he's also sees his convictions on why they shouldn't do it. And then, like you said, when they're in Germany, especially after everything that happened with Bucky, he's that close to signing it until Scarlet Witch. So, uh, again, it's I understand people leaning towards Cap because he's a hero and all that. But like I said, I think for the greater good of the world at that time, Tony made the most sense to me because he's like, look, this can be amended. it's a PR nightmare right now. We got to let things settle down. We got to show the world that we're on board with them and we're, you know, we're not going to go against them and be rebels. Let's just sign it. At the end of the day though, who, who, what government's holding back vision or like, like, you said, that's probably why vision was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go along with this. We need to kind of get them back on board with the Avengers because who's going to stop? Like, yeah, who's going to stop them? Yeah, I think that's exactly. it, man. I, you know, Vision can see the the bigger picture. I think where I think Cap just being the stone wall, it's just when he believes in something, he just holds to his conviction. You know, that's that 1940 soldier in him that is just it's always there. You I, know, he if I is, had to pick a thing I don't like about Captain America is that stubbornness. It's just like yeah. the Come on. Like, it, it makes for great TV or great movies, but, like, in the moment, I'm like, come on, Steve. Get <laughs> on board with this. Like, we all love you so much, and you're great. Just, like, just go, just sign it. Come on, man. Come on, well, man. S- speaking of Vision, he actually has a great line as well when they're in a v- Avengers campus, what base, whatever you call it, but saying compound. that. Compound. There you go. Thank you. But saying that ever since Tony Stark revealed himself as Iron Man in those eight years, everything has escalated because, you know, just the more powerful they get, the more the world catastrophe events scale up to meet that. And, you know, obviously all that's coming to a head by the time we get to Thanos. But that was also an important little thing in there as well. So it's like and and when you see Ross's point of view in that, I, I would be Ross in that situation, too. You know, he's like, look, 
you like you already said, you guys are like these super beings against us mortal humans and you're running around unchecked. It there has to be something in place so that we feel like we at least have the illusion of of having order of having control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I think we should definitely address the fact that this movie has one of the best Marvel villains. Yes. Up oh, to this yeah, point. Zemo, Zemo oh, yeah. is done so well and like it last lasting effects from Zemo like all the way through Infinity War. Like this is Infinity War is his fault. At the end of the movie, yeah. he's like, uh, he's in the cage and he's like, uh, he's talking to Martin. Uh, what's it? What's this? What's this? Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman's um, character. Uh, Everett talking, Ross. Yeah. yeah Everett Ross. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you really think you did it? Like you succeeded? And he's like, or he's like, you failed miserably. And he's like, did I? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he tore them apart. Yep. No, I mean, I mean, Thanos gets the snap because of this movie, because of yeah. the events of this movie. I mean, the Russo brothers are on record saying if the Avengers never broke up, Thanos doesn't win. That's how important everything yeah. that happened in this movie was. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, just keep talking about Zemo here, you know, and you know, Paris, when you were saying that they make Tony the villain, I, I and I know you're not saying he's the villain of the movie, but for me, I, th- I would think if most of this was from maybe Tony's perspective, a lot of us would look at it and say that maybe Steve, you know, was kind of the villain of the movie because we just see it from from his perspective through most of it. But Zemo is a villain, man. I mean, I remember watching this movie for the first time and wondering why do they keep cutting to this character? Like what? And then of course, when they almost seem to lay it out in front of you, and you know, when Bucky says like, "There's five other Winter Soldiers," and we get the flashback to oh. see them, and it's like, oh, that's, that's what he's doing. Best. He's he's going yeah. to go unleash mm-hmm. him. He's going to unleash him on the world. Little, and like... how are they going to fight these five these five Winter Soldiers? And then you know, you have that moment where Tony and Steve kind of make amends and they go in that room and they've all been murdered and yeah, it was just sell it from the get-go shock, man. man I mean it was to to have a villain not really do when you think about it like he never really fights the heroes you know it's it's more just being this mastermind just behind the out scenes. By Black Panther. Just, just <laughs> well, he yeah, even but. but Zemo even um even acknowledges that that hey I don't have the strength and power to take you head on. Yeah. It was my plan was to make you basically destroy yourselves. Yep. I mean, yeah, Zemo, Zemo as, as the quote unquote true villain of the movie was great because it was all cerebral. It it wasn't anything like you said, direct that he was doing. He was manipulating the information that he had and used it against them. Because again, this goes back to the winter soldier. Steve knew in the winter soldier that, Bucky killed Howard Stark. And he, thinking he was doing the right thing, withheld that information. And by him withholding that information, because think about it, if Tony had known when when Zemo does all of this, when he reveals it, Tony goes, I already know. Then they don't have the big fight. This never happens. But because, again, like you said, stubborn Cap. Because <laughs> yeah. part of my problem with Cap in this movie is he overprotective of Bucky almost he's blindly protecting Bucky because he went into protection mode without having all the facts he didn't know if Bucky actually killed he was basically taking Bucky's word word that he didn't but how do you know he didn't know and he went above and beyond to protect Bucky when you had like Black Panther obviously T'Challa had bloodlust because he's like you killed my father I'm gonna kill you (laughs) which ultimately 
was the same thing with, with Tony because you killed me, killed his father and more importantly, his mother. That was the thing that really set him over the edge to the point he was like, I don't like when Stark says, I don't care. He killed my mom. It no longer mattered. It didn't yeah. matter if Bucky was under mind control. It, it Stark was going on pure emotion at that point of yep. he just found the person that killed his mother. I don't care about politics, friendships, none of this. I'm going to kill him, period. And that's why I say he's the villain at that point, at the mm -hmm. end. But doesn't it like that scene just like uh, rewatching it again just makes me almost numb when yeah. I watch that. Like I was watching it because my wife hadn't seen it. Well, she saw it the one time in theaters, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. And just when that scene was happening the other night, she was just like, wow, like this scene yeah. is kind of terrible, like terrible, but in, you know, in that good way, like this is just, you, you don't expect to see that. I mean, the acting, everything in that moment is just phenomenal. I mean, this movie ends really kind of on a downer. I mean, it, it goes, obviously, you know, we get some good news at the end when Cap's going there to break everybody out. And then of course he, he sends him the phone, basically toning the phone saying like, Hey, basically if you need me. You know how to get a hold of yeah, him, which of I'm course there. we see that pay off in, in Infinity War. Um, but uh, yeah, just just such an incredible scene, you know, of all these movies leading up really to that moment. Um, it's awesome. Agreed. Go, going back really quick to that scene where Zemo shows him the footage. Watch Robert Downey Jr. His acting skills in there without saying a word. He says so much without saying anything. His eyes just his eyes. Yeah. Just his eyes. He's looking back and forth. He's figuring out. And then when he looks at Cap, and it's just like you can see the anger and just the That's hurt great, and man. betrayal all at the same time. Like, I thought you were my yeah. friend. You know, kind of thing. Oh, it's, it's great. What was this I, movie I going to be with no Robert Downey Jr.? Was it not going to be <laughs> Civil War? Like, how, well, how well, could you do Civil War without... With a cameo, there's no way they could have done this. There's yeah, no way. Yeah, they could not have pulled it off the, the way I that mean, the they obviously did. script had to be did. drastically different if they were going to Well, be again, out. speaking of that, and obviously this will bring another cool element into, remember, the original, original plan was Black Panther was going to have a way more prominent role in Civil War because at the time, they didn't have Spider-Man when they first announced this. Uh, and then obviously the, 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 you know, the Korean hack, the leak, it basically forced everyone found out the plan that they were secretly talking with Marvel and they backed off and the public pressure, they worked out the deal and they got Spider-Man because it, they had two scripts going one where they had Spider-Man and one where they didn't. And then obviously they got Spider-Man. So then they ushered that in and then, Hey, we get our debut with Tom Holland in the MCU. Oh, man, so and that entire scene, that to me, every time I watch it, it just brings just a smile to my face because you instantly go, that dude's Peter, that is 15-year-old Peter Parker it's, right there. It's great. He is Peter Parker. It, the whole scene, his chemistry with Robert Downey Jr., There's, that whole scene is fantastic. Yep. I We're not too, uh, we're not in Spider-Man yet. That'll be next week. But, I, I want to gush about Spider-Man real quick. Please and do. how <clears throat> awesome Tom... Well, obviously, we've talked about how awesome Tom Holland is. a great casting as him. But he mentions, like, that whole scene when he mentions, like, oh, I've only had my powers for six months. Like, yes. And then he tries to jump into, like, what happened. And Tony's, like, just, like, playing with the goggles and, like, <laughs> yeah. completely overwrite, like, oh, we're not going to tell you how it went down. You know the story. You know how exactly. it happens. We're just yep. going to jump to this. But quick aside, Spider-Man 
one of the most powerful, like, one of the most powerful comic book characters, and he, like, always hold, holds back how powerful he is. And you see it more so in the MCU, how powerful he is, when he, like, quickly just grabs Winter Soldier's hand. Yes. Like, oh, you got a metal arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, you got a metal arm? It's like, so it was good. nothing. That was Which, so that's good. the one thing I think that Tom Holland captures, the, like, the, the one trait on Spider-Man is just the constant talking. If you've ever read a Spider-Man yeah. comic, yes. there are just t- chat bubbles all over the place because he just never shuts up, and they wrote him <laughs> perfect, and Tom Holland is the yeah. perfect actor to deliver that he's just constantly talking i mean they make a joke about it in the movie and he, he just that, honestly is like I, I remember years ago you know when you had a, who i can't think of his name off the top of my head who played in the original the um original spider-man movies that came toby out Maguire. toby mcguire toby mcguire like you know i was like man toby mcguire is great and this is awesome but when every time i see tom holland i was like no he really it, it's tom holland like he is in my eyes now the best spider-man he is just I, the only Spider-Man that does it better for me is Chris Pine Spider-Man in the inner into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. he's the first, first one, right? Yeah, he's the, the very first, first yeah. Spider-Man. Yep. But there's something to be said if like Tom Holland sticks with it, a la Robert Downey Jr. for as long as he does. I would love to see that play out where Spider-Man just gets older and older, and he ends up becoming stronger and stronger and just yeah. like so much more confident like he's only had it six months by the time civil war happens and he takes on captain america like just like oh like he's not fully developed yet and doesn't have all of the abilities but there's like a great like comic book scene where um doc ock takes over spider-man's body right yeah, superior and he Spider-Man. accidentally punches uh the uh, scorpion's jaw off and it's like <laughs> It's brutal, but then he like he realizes like just how much Spider-Man has been holding his punches through the years, and I want that to just play out in the MCU. I want to see him just like, oops, accidentally like punch someone <laughs> really, like. And and it does seem that that's what they're going again. I know we'll talk about this way more next week. Actually, I'll be quiet because we'll talk about this way more <laughs> next week. Other other than to say. I do one of my favorite lines um, from Spidey in Civil War is his interaction with Cap, first interaction with Cap, and he goes, that shield doesn't obey the law of physics. <laughs> and I just remember being in a theater erupting because it's something all of us think. Like, dude, he can do whatever he wants with that shield, and, <laughs> yeah, and they work? acknowledge it in there. Yeah, that's freaking great. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he, he he's he's fantastic. Uh, what else here, I think, with this movie do we want to talk about? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, let's talk what? about... The, the 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 whole the okay okay go because <laughs> now, now I'm excited. Arguably, the best comic book movie action scene ever put on film is that airport scene. I I, I just remember watching that, going, "Oh my god, they actually pulled it off." I did not think they'd be able to pull it off, but they did. Like I, you know, just the first time that you see it, going, "Wow." They're really doing civil war. They're really going at each other. And you see all your favorite heroes having their moments. It was so good. The best in theaters part of that was Ant-Man becoming giant man. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I got something. I could do it. But it might be able to hold it. And if I rip myself in half. (laughs) And then Spidey's instant reaction is like, holy shit. You know, it was so good. Yeah, and well, they and they even have like you know every Avengers movie, even though this technically is an Avengers movie, has that big pan 
and there is almost a scene like that in this you know you have the moment where they're both they're all kind of coming at each other and then when it kind of pans out you just see them all slowly going up into the air to fight each other uh you gotta have that moment and it's just such a great payoff um to see them all just just going at it and, and i love too that even throughout it who is it it's uh is it black widow and hawkeye where they're kind of like yeah. you know he's yeah. like don't hold back or whatever they're kind of like are we still friends or just saying yeah. some funny <laughs> funny quips to each other so uh i think yeah that scene was definitely but even even before that scene starts when when we first are introduced to scott lang in, in civil war and he goes fanboy on, on, you know, <laughs> yeah. and Captain America is like, I know you, I know, and all the people like, like he's You're us too. in, in yeah. that situation. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so good, so good. But um, obviously, you know, the the roadie scene, you know, where Vision accidentally, right. you know, shoots him out, and then that, and then just the way that Tony, again, the whole that he's kind of the villain a little bit, even in that part where without hesitation he just blasts Falcon, like. Oh, you're insignificant to me. You, you know, you got my friend killed potentially, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just it's it's actually a darker movie than you think mm-hmm. when yeah. when you when you watch it because, like I said, Black Panther would have killed Bucky if you let him. Tony would have killed Bucky if you let him. He all points the people, a missile at Bucky. Yeah, face. yeah. <laughs> you know, they kill all the people at the UN. I mean, obviously Zemo, he kills the one guy in the hotel, which I think was Joe Russo. Can't do in the oh, cameo. Really? Yeah, yeah. But um, what about the other guy? He's yeah. got the other guy's head in the water and turns the faucet yeah. on too. I mean, that's a yeah, whole the terrible hydra. scene. Yep, the yep. whole hydra thing, all yeah. that man. But but I have to say this, um, because I'm rewatching it and it already makes me think about Endgame, what potentially could happen. And I got to admit, I'm sitting there with my son watching it, getting slightly choked up. Is when Cap gets the the text, she you know she went in her sleep. And then it's the funeral for Peggy. And I was like, oh, see, oh, I told man. Trey, I told Trey, my son, I'm like, see, they, they, they got the plan. They're, they have to end in game with, with Peggy and Cap together. <laughs> they have to do it. <laughs> oh, man. I, and, and again, it just go overall just shows her importance in the MCU that she's kind of always been this overlying presence all, always, you know, because obviously her closeness with Cap, and then we've even seen in these Endgame trailers, she's featured in every one. So, so there's got to be something there. Has to be. Hmm. What about Sharon, though, man? Or do you think they're, they're what are they going to do with her in Endgame? Well, maybe, maybe they can she just pretend she doesn't exist. Yeah, she got snapped. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get rid of her. Oh, that's funny. Uh, all right, anything else, man? You guys want to? dabble in here i mean honestly for me this is this is this and civil war are that one and two and they just constantly fluctuate i mean i think yeah. this this almost trump civil war more just because of the the cast the ensemble the fact that they were able to actually do civil war even though it is a little bit different than the books they still brought it in and it still makes sense where both sides really both sides of the argument you can see both sides, yep. you know. You, yep. Yeah, I remember when when the movie came out and they're marketing it like, which side do you pick? But that's how the comic was too. And and when you actually kind of dug into both arguments, you can't help but see their their side of it. And and they were able to basically, you know, have 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 them justify why they were doing what they were doing, and then have it coupled in with what we were just talking about with Zemo, one of the best villains, I think, really up to this point. I think, and for me personally, in what we've watched so far in the MCU. Best villain up to this point, up to Civil War, I think, because he is he is, um, you know, very. Um, what do you want to say? The depth that's there, the reason why he's doing it, the way he he 
it delivers it. He's not fighting anybody. You know, he's not out there punching anybody or, yeah. or really. I mean, sure, he murders a few people, but you know, the <laughs> heroes themselves, he's not. And and it's it's great. This was the movie where they, like you just alluded to, they started figuring out the villain problem with with this with with Zemo because again, he wasn't your typical cackling villain who had no agenda. He had a true reason. Again, it, it kind of goes back to the depending on the point of view. Like I said, this movie's framed through Captain America's eyes, so that's why you could see Tony Stark as the villain. But if you looked at this through Tony Stark's eyes, you could see Cap being the villain because the old adage goes, you're always the hero of your own story. You know, even Thanos is the hero of his own story. Oh, he yeah. thinks he's doing the right thing. Zemo is doing what he thinks the right thing. Is like, how, how dare these superpowered beings come into my city, have have their their crazed robot drop it from the sky and kill my family. I'll show them. I can't take them on directly, but I can get them. I can hurt them another yep. way. And that's what this movie was all about from his point of view. Yep. Let's talk about real quick here before we move on. And you mentioned it, I think, in was it the last episode or maybe two episodes ago about barf? And yes. Theory and yes. how you think this may play a part. Because I do just real quick here before we wrap this one up. Um, you know, this is the technology, of course, where Tony is able to relive that memory of uh, basically the day his parents got killed, right? They're leaving and he's kind of not really wanting to say goodbye to him. And he kind of regrets throughout his whole life not really being able to say I love you or goodbye to his parents. And so he has this technology where you can relive this moment. So what was the theory again, Paris? You think they're going to be able to take this into the quantum realm? I know this isn't necessarily the episode to be talking about um, in terms of theories for Endgame, but... People love this. I know. Rehash it again, man. I know <laughs> Twitter. I know Twitter. I know Twitter does. Twitter. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So re okay. rehash it, man. Yeah, so, okay, first of all, I was watching this with my son. He thinks I'm dumb, by the way. I just, just <laughs> want to point that out. Um, but my theory was, looking at the way Tony used the BARF technology in Civil War, it allowed him to go into his memory. He framed it as going in and removing traumatic memories. You know, out of his cortex, whatever he said. But my theory for Endgame is he's going to take the same technology and with the quantum realm, they'll be able to use the quantum realm and basically go back into their own memories of where they knew Infinity Stones were and with the quantum realm create that reality and extract that Infinity Stone from that reality and bring it back to obviously fight Thanos in Endgame. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that's what. I've definitely come around to the Stark gauntlet theory. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. But again, we obviously know already because of the set photo leaks, they are going back to the Battle of New York, which, again, when I'm and trying they're to put using everything barf. together. Oh, that's right. It was in there, wasn't it? It was. See, there's there you go. A, there's I, a case even, that says barf on the top. Yeah, that even reinforces oh. my theory more. <laughs> there you go. That not, guys, we got 30 days, right? 30 days, one yeah, month as we're days. recording this right ah. now. So. Now, we can't forget Tony Stank. Oh, yes, our man Stan Lee. What a great scene where he <laughs> knocks on the door. Are you Tony Stank? I love it. It's great. Uh, and, uh, who, who's there? Was it uh, Rody, right? Rody. Yeah, Rody, because he's, he's uh, re rehabbing because you know, he broke his yep. back. and He's doing the rehab. And he was like, this made my day. Thank you. I appreciate this. <laughs> You're Tony Stank forever. And then, obviously, like you said, we get the, the phone with Cap and, and then the scene where he's breaking him out of prison, which was yep. good. Well, which, by the way, from the comics, we've learned from the – Infinity War Prelude Comics or whatever they're called, it was Nick Fury that helped help Cap break them out of the prison. Ah, okay, interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about the post-credit scenes here before we wrap it up, too. We have the one scene of um, what Bucky going into cryo sleep mm-hmm. in Wakanda. Set it up. Set it up Black Panther for us. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we also had the final one where you see Peter Parker basically what getting um, that weird like hologram up on the ceiling, right? Yeah. In the web shooters that, that Tony gave him. So the very end, remember, Spider-Man will return. Yep. Remember the funny part about that, going back to the airport scene, you know, when Spider-Man and Cap are talking, you know, he says he's from Queens and, you know, and Cap is from Brooklyn. So then when Aunt May is talking to him in the after credits, he has the black eye and he was like, yeah, some guy, Steve from Brooklyn. It's <laughs> 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 awesome. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap it up there for Civil War, everybody. Uh, don't forget you can email us mcurewatch at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at mcurewatch. Let us know what you think of Civil War and where you rank it in your movies because I think this for many people is at least in the top five and for many in their top three so we'd like to know kind of where this sits for you guys but the next episode we will be talking about Doctor Strange and taking a a different path here and kind of getting away from the Avengers and the heroes we've known up to this point so uh, tune in in that episode and uh, with that everybody thank you here for tuning in and with that we'll catch you guys next time later later